Tim Hiller is a former NFL quarterback. He's the co-owner of Next Level Performance and the author of the soon-to-be-released book, Strive, Life is Short, Pursue What Matters. Tim, welcome back to the program. Glad you could join us. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. Last time you were with us, we talked about your story really being one of remarkable perseverance, devastating injuries, both in high school and college. You signed with the Colts as an undrafted free agent in 2010. How much did you draw on those experiences for your new book? Very much so. Uh, You know, it's a mixture of some of my own uh, meditations on Scripture and different thoughts and different stories that I've come across in my working life since my career has ended, but, but a large amount of them are from my time, both as an athlete and as a coach, and just some, some various experiences and how God has moved and worked in, in and through those experiences. Now, you were teammates with the likes of Frank Reich and Peyton Manning. Do you, in, in the book, do you dish out any good dirt on these guys? <laughs> That's a fair question. Uh, you, you know, there's a funny story. I don't want to give too much of it away. Um, early on in the, the book, so the format of Strive is it's a 52-week, uh, devotional challenge, if you will. So every week follows a very similar format. Um, not like a daily devotional. It's a little bit longer in length and richness, but uh, each week there's a reading uh, with scripture, there's a story, and then there's an application to our lives and bullet points that the reader can take away and, and act on and live out and, and be in the week ahead. And so it's really designed to be a kind of a year-long journey and, and to be read throughout the year and give us some challenges. And early on in the book, I do share um, a couple stories about my time with the Colts. I do share some stories about you know, being released some of my experiences that I had to learn and grow through that. Um, but, but one of the stories I can do tell is the time when I sat in Peyton Manning's uh, chair by mistake uh, day one on the job. So I, I won't elaborate too far from there, but uh, kind of an embarrassing moment uh, that ended up really having kind of a, a, a neat principle behind it that I try to pull out based on Scripture and John. So uh, I won't share too much more than that, but I did sit in Peyton's uh, chair by mistake and kind of had a, an embarrassing moment. Now, I know it's not due to be released till October 1st, but can you tell us a little bit about what the readers can expect from the book and perhaps the impact you hope to achieve through it? Absolutely. Um, you know, this, this journey, I know we're going to talk a little bit about kind of uh, the few years of, of progress and work leading up to the book here uh, shortly, but, you know, my hope is that it would just impact many lives, that it might help people through some of my stories and my experiences say, you know, I've been feeling that too. I've thought that too. I've had those struggles too. Or even those, those successes and, and joy points as well. And, uh, wow, I can see God's hand moving through it in a way that maybe I didn't notice before. And so my goal and my hope is really to simply, uh, touch lives and to, um, share the gospel in a way that, that's relevant, that meets people where they are and that, uh, helps them to really, as the subtitle says, pursue what matters. I think so often we're striving for things every single day, uh, whether we know it or not. It could be our career, it could be our family. It could be financial uh, security. There are a number of things that, that we all are pursuing and striving for in different ways. And we may not realize it because we're moving so fast. And so the, the idea behind the book, woven throughout all the challenges, is to step back and say, okay, what is really most important in my life? And what am I living for? And um, hopefully to persuade some readers that uh, Jesus deserves a, an honest, hard look in their lives to enter into a relationship with him. We're talking with Tim Hiller, author of the soon-to-be-released book, Strive, Life is Short, Pursue What Matters. In the book, Tim, you refer to how six words you heard at Colt's training camp really changed your life, and those words being, we have to let you go. Can you talk a little bit about how difficult that was to take, but also how God has used that in your life? Absolutely. Uh, There's an entry in Strive where I, I talk a little bit about that story and what a defining moment it was for me. And I think when anytime 
we face a crossroads or a change in plans in our life uh, that maybe our will and God's will didn't exactly match, we tend to ask why and we tend to question, uh, much like stories we read in, in the Old Testament, like Job, for example, where um, Job has lived a, a blameless life and yet um, sometimes God's will has a greater plan and yet, you know, to this day we're reading Job's story and we're all impacted by it. But at the time, Job couldn't see it. And I think there's things when we go through adversity in the Christian walk and in life in general that we can't see the outcome. We can't see beyond it. We can't see what God is either saving us from or a new door he's going to open or something we're going to learn from that experience. And so I do have uh, an entry uh, within Strive called Defining Moments, and I talk about those moments and how they matter. Um, and, and for me, it was really an identity crisis. I, I went through a period of time where, um, to be honest, I had a you know, set in mind that my career was going to be in the NFL at least for a few years and didn't really have a plan B. I was so focused, so confident, and I'd worked so hard to get there. And then when when plans shift and when plans change, you really have to step back and say, God, what do you want me to get out of this? What do you want me to learn? And so that that is something that I hope to break through in a couple of the entries. But it, it really did send me on a new path and help me realize that football is what I do. Uh, it's something I love, but it's ultimately not who I am. Who I am is, is secure in Jesus Christ. So it, it uh, was a hard lesson to learn. And I think sometimes we have those things that we're living for that we don't even realize. And when they're taken away, it really does kind of make the rubber meet the road and help us identify who we truly are as a person who God made us to be. I'm assuming writing this book took a lot of hours, a lot of your time. Which has been more difficult for you, playing football at the high levels, which you played, or writing this book? <laughs> well, I, you know, that's, that's an interesting question. I, I think football brings an element of the mental and the physical, which I, I might say is, it's slightly harder, uh, just being through some of the, you know, surgeries and injuries that I've been through, as well as the physical demands of the game. Uh, on top of it, the mental demands and the time that you put in. I, I would say that over the long run, it definitely is harder. But um, fundamentally, writing a book is a difficult challenge. Um, you know, writing Strive was really a four-year process. This really began in 2011, and how it began was I was going through kind of that that tough time and those challenges. And I've not been one that journals well. I know journaling is a spiritual discipline that many folks will use in their devotional time, and, and I'm just not very good at it. But one way that I found I was able to journal after I'd been challenged by a friend and a mentor to consider it again was to really write as if writing to an audience. When I was meditating in Scripture, I was going through my devotional time to think about sharing that with someone else. And it became a very effective way for me to quasi-journal and to be able to really dwell on, on Scripture and what I was you know, reading and thinking about, and at the same time, during that season of life, I was really looking for a new devotional. I get several via email, uh, several that I read in, in books and different things to supplement my Bible reading, and I just didn't find one that I liked. So it was kind of a byproduct of the journaling and writing to an audience, as well as not having a devotional that, that got me starting to write these longer entries, these weekly challenges that ultimately made up Strive. And um, as I wrote those, I had a, a co-worker, uh, I had a, a friend, and I had another co-worker of my wife we were all going through a hard time, and, and so I had a few of these entries. Uh, I shared a couple with my wife. She shared a couple with her coworkers, and it kind of multiplied, and a few of them got emailed on, and, and folks came back and said, you know, you really should start a blog. And I thought, oh, you know, what's that? How do I do that? And so um, the next step in the journey was, was that blog, and it was a blog called Encouragement. Uh, the second E in Encouragement was a three backwards, which one was my jersey number when I played, and two uh, was really three points that I wanted to summarize within the, the entries to the blog, and that was this, um, to see a need, use your gifts, and meet the need. So encouragement was really about using your gifts and talents that God has given us to serve others. 
And uh, with that, I got in a good routine of posting daily to that blog. I had a nice email following and was blasting out to several folks. And probably about two years had passed um, as I worked on that blog. And fast forward to um, a couple years later, I was at a leadership conference in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And uh, I had a friend who'd given me some tickets to it. And I was sitting at a table in the back, and, and the table was very empty, and I wondered why. And it ended up being the speaker's table. And some of the keynote speakers included the likes of Tom Izzo, Michigan State basketball coach, uh, Sue Enquest, who was a longtime softball coach at UCLA and a very gifted communicator. And one of the other speakers um, that I ended up having the good fortune of having lunch with that day, and I believe it was a God-ordained appointment, was an author uh, named Adrian Gostick. And Adrian Gostick is a New York Times bestselling author. He's written many business and managerial leadership books. One of them, uh, probably his most popular, being The Carrot Principle. And I met Adrian, and we really hit it off. His son uh, was playing high school football, and uh, he and I just had a great conversation. We ended up staying in touch via email, and he ended up reading my blog, and he said, you know, you really need to get published. And I thought, once again, how do, how do I do that? And, you know, I hadn't, hadn't even crossed my mind. And um, with Adrian's help, I, I sent him a manuscript. He tore it to shreds, which created several more months of work. Uh, I sent it back again in kind of the new format that Strive is, and he said, I think you've got it. Let me help you. And he really helped me network and get it in front of some publishers. Um, some of them were, were dead ends, but eventually I did find Deep River Books, which is a Christian publishing house that has agreed to take a risk on Strive and uh, give me an opportunity. And um, So Adrian was a key part in that, but it was just kind of little God stuff along the way over what has really been a four-year journey to this point. The book is, of course, called Strive, Life is Short, Pursue What Matters. What are some of those things, Tim, which uh, you would say really matter. Why is it so easy to seemingly get distracted from focusing on them? You know, that's a great question. I think more than ever, we are busy people. You know, we look at social media, we look at the news, we look at television. We have so many things coming our way. I mean, the amount of email I get on a, a daily basis between my personal account and my, my work account is just stunning. And it's hard to keep up. And so we get so ingrained in what we have to do day in and day out that it's almost like we're in the forest, but we can't see the trees. And we need to step back and, and really reevaluate how we're spending our time, what relationships we're in, and, and how we're living our life and why we're doing the things we're doing. And I think it's just very easy to lose focus when we're, we're so busy and we're so inundated with information. And sometimes we're so focused on pursuing goals. But um, the one thing, again, in, in the subtitle hints at this is just the challenge to step back and say, does this really matter? Is this the most important thing? If, if my life ended tomorrow, uh, would I be pleased with what I'm pursuing and what I'm living for? And uh, is the ultimate thing that is a relationship with Jesus Christ something that I need to consider? And so it's really a humble attempt and a humble way to try to put that put that forward before the reader and, and to ask themselves the question, can my life be more? Can I live for more? Tim Hiller is a former NFL quarterback. He joins us on Benson and Those Guys. He is also the co-owner of Next Level Performance and the author of the soon-to-be-released book, Strive, Life is Short, Pursue What Matters. Former Green Bay Packers receiver Greg Jennings, currently with the Dolphins, he endorses your book, saying uh, how you share in it, the diligence in pursuing God will always result in a winning lifestyle. Are you able to expound on that just a bit more and give us some insight on what Jennings may have gleaned from that book? Yeah, no, Greg was, was gracious enough to uh, review the book and, and be one of um, the people that endorsed it. Adrian Gastic, who I referenced earlier, was another one that was willing to read it. So once the manuscript was done and we started doing the typesetting of the interior, I had a group of folks that were um, just very kind and generous with their time and willing to, to read the manuscript. And uh, those are kind words that, that Greg mentioned. I, you know, I think for someone like him, 
who has a healthy perspective and knowing Greg, he, he holds on to things in his life with a loose grip. And being a follower of Christ, he understands that his football career has been very blessed. He's had a, a great run in the NFL, and hopefully it will last many more years. But I think he really realizes more than most guys in the league that this is short. Um, it is a part of my life, but it's not ultimately what defines my identity. And so my hope is that, it, you know, for a guy like Greg, that that, that was, was affirmed for him, that he could say, you know, um, I, I have been blessed in so many ways, but my true identity is, is in Christ. And so I'm striving to be a Pro Bowl player this year. I'm striving to have a great career. I'm striving to make playoffs and Super Bowl. And some of those great goals that he's already attained and wants to continue to attain, that he also wants to step back and, and be a great disciple of Jesus and, and raise kids and uh, live in a marriage and in a family that, that is also that way. So um, I hope we can have the same impact on others. Your speaking schedule has you often sharing with student-athletes do you think there are added distractions for that particular group of people when it comes to pursuing what matters most? And how do you advise them in staying focused on God? It's a, it's a great point. You know, I think one of the biggest distractions, um, and I've been talking about this often in, in the speaking circuit and with some of our sessions this summer uh, through Next Level Performance you referenced, I had a neat opportunity this summer on a weekly basis to mentor a group of about 10 quarterbacks from the Southwest Michigan area from various schools. And we had a module. We, we, every session that we do at, at Next Level Performance is an on-field component and then an off-field component that's designed to um, build leadership and character in student-athletes. And we had a specific segment focused on confidence. How do we be confident? And there are three points that we need to stop comparing, we need to prepare, and we need to be humble. And I really want to hone in on that, that um, first point about stop comparing. I think students have tremendous pressure today on themselves and their lives their peer groups and their friends to compare, and there's a constant looking around of, am I okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? And where we should be looking to, to ask that question, am I okay, is to God, because he's our creator, he's our maker, he's our heavenly father, uh, he loves us, he, he created us for a unique uh, purpose in this world, he gave us unique gifts and talents, and it's very easy, especially for that age group of, of teens that you uh, realize, as well as student-athletes in a competitive environment uh, during their teen years. To compare, to look around, and I, I love a quote by Andy Stanley, um, you know, a very gifted author, pastor, speaker. Andy Stanley would say that there's no win in comparison. There's no win in, in looking around and, and measuring up to others. Where I need to measure is the ultimate standard, uh, and, and that's what we find in Christ. But I think it's um, definitely a distraction in our world for that particular age segment of teenage teenagers and teenage student athletes to really look around and compare with other people to see if they're measuring up. I know you've shared this previously on our program, but your heart for Christ really comes through in just talking with you, and I'm sure it's going to come through in this book. Would you mind sharing your testimony again and telling our listeners how you first became a believer in Christ? I'd, I'd love to, and uh, it, you know, it's only by His grace that, that me or anyone uh, is in the position that we're in. And you know, I grew up in a in a Christian home. My parents took us to church every Sunday. It was a mandatory activity and something that. Uh, my brother and I were involved in, but it was one of those things that my faith is really my parents' faith growing up. If you would have asked me, probably as young as age 12, 13, 14, I would have told you I was a Christian, but looking back, I, I honestly didn't fully know what that meant. Uh, I honest, honestly fully didn't understand the, the weight of sin and, and the gospel and what Jesus did for us. So I went away to school, and uh, in 2005, I ended up starting as a true freshman at Western Michigan University, and I suffered a devastating knee injury. I tore my ACL, MCL, PCL, my right knee, and I was out an entire year. I redshirted and set out the 2006 season, and 
and it came back in 2007. And it was a dark time. It was a time of searching. It was a time of something that I loved and had taken for granted in many ways. Uh, something where I, you know, made it an idol and really placed my identity. Um, an idol being anything that takes the place of God. And football really had be- become that. And it had been something that I had just thrown myself into full commitment. And stepping back and looking at that injury, it was really something that, that forced me to grow, forced me to say, is this faith that I, you know, supposedly claim really real? And it was in 2007 when I was coming back off of that injury, I had the opportunity with my then girlfriend, now uh, wife Michelle, to work at a Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp in Albion College in Albion, Michigan. And I was there to be a speaker uh, throughout the week. I was there to um, be a huddle leader and invest in kids. And I ended up being the one that got invested in. And what I came to, to see and what God really revealed to me was that football was a platform. It was an opportunity to do things for others. And up until that point, I'd been so invested in winning games and being the best that I could be and leading the team and, and self, self, self. And what really blew the doors off for me at that camp was that football was a platform, an opportunity uh, because I had uh, a voice, because others were looking to me, uh, because of our society's fascination with athletics, I had a, not only the privilege but also the responsibility to use that as a way to share my faith with others. And so it was at, at that camp that uh, I experienced personal conversion. I experienced um, the Holy Spirit um, coming into my life, and, and I accepted Christ as my Savior and Lord uh, at that camp in 07, um, about eight years ago, and I've been walking with uh, with Jesus since, and it really was a transformational experience. And from that point forward, football really meant less and less to me. Not so much of the effort, still put in the time, still put in the effort, but um, it was a perspective change. It really helped me step back and say, this isn't my all in all. My identity isn't tied up in this. If I have a bad game, you know, I'm disappointed, but at the end of the day, it doesn't crush me because my identity is in Jesus Christ, not in this temporary game. And um, I think that injury and the path thereafter really set me on the course um, to be where God wanted me to be, to that be at that camp and to meet him personally. Well, praise the Lord. I love hearing the different testimonies, how people first came to meet Christ. How can we, how can our listeners pray for you specifically? Do you have any prayer requests? You know, my, my wife and I are, are new parents. Uh, we had our, our first son, Daniel James, um, in, in June, on June 12th, and he's healthy and happy. But um, I, I would just be honored if, if folks would pray for our marriage, pray for uh, our parenting and, and pray for him if he grows, that he would come to know the Lord. Um, and that he would, he would pray for next level performance in, in the book or, uh, that we, that strive would be used and that next level would be used to make an impact for the kingdom. Uh, we just want to grow, uh, both. We want to get the book in as many cool hands as we can. We want to use next level as a platform to, um, build young men and women of character and, and young men and women that use sports as that same platform that I articulated in my own life, use it as a way to impact others and then it's a springboard into their you know their marriages their careers um, their time away at college that they would stand firm on their beliefs and so uh those would all be things that, that you could lift up and i would be just just honored and most grateful well it would be our pleasure to do that and congratulations on the birth of your son your book is set to be released october 1st how how can listeners get a copy absolutely uh it is available on amazon now so if you go to amazon.com and the search bar at the top if you just search for tim hiller and then Strive, uh, it'll pop right up at the top of your results. Or you can go to timhiller.com, and on the top of timhiller.com, there's a number of tabs uh, for some different things that we're working on, and one of them uh, says Strive Book. And if you were to click on uh, Strive Book right there, you would be able to uh, purchase your copy on pre-order now, and then they'll ship October 1st. Well, Tim, thanks again for joining us. I pray that God would not only bless you, but all those who read your new book. 
thank you, Rick. I appreciate it, and, and God bless you, and thanks for the time. That's former NFL quarterback Tim Hiller. His new book is Strive, Life is Short, Pursue What Matters. You can get it at Amazon.com or through TimHiller.com. That's TimHiller.com. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.